the name of the Lord. Good to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. So thankful to see you here in this place. When Wednesdays are tough. Sunday nights are tougher for some people for some reason. But I'm so glad that we get the opportunity on Sunday evening to come into the house of the Lord. Amen. The priority of the hour is not less, but more. The Bible says that we should gather together and so much more as that day approaches. We should do that more often. I pray that God would be with all of you this coming week and his hand be upon you and bless and keep you. That you might do his will. We're living in the greatest hour that the church has ever known. I believe that. We may not be ready, but it's here. It's all around us. I look at our services and I see the stirring that God is doing in our midst and I know that all of that is by divine order. And it's because somebody has been praying. I want to encourage you Help me. Let's pray more. Not become com- uh, comfortable and satisfied and say, well, that's good enough. Let's just keep pressing. Amen. How many of you want God to do things you've never seen him do before? Anybody hungry for that? I am. I don't believe the days of miracles are over. I was reading the other night and the uh, scholar, I guess you could call him that. Some people do. He's supposed to be an expert on scriptural things. But he was trying to explain away the fact that all of that happened then. And there's no need for that now. And I thought, boy, you're a fool. If there ever was a time we needed the miraculous among us, we need it now. If we ever needed God to be God, we need him to be God now. And he wasn't... God just for a moment or an era or a time, but he is God for all time. Amen. And he is the same yesterday and today and forever. The thing that I've learned about God is he doesn't have to duplicate himself. He is so great. He can do a new thing every day and never exhaust his power. That's pretty awesome, folks. Because some of us get tuckered out just doing the same thing every once in a while. But God can do something new every day. Every morning. The Bible said there are new mercies. Every morning. New mercies. Not recycled. Not retreaded. Not reworked. But new. Never before. Wow. What a God. What an awesome God. What an awesome God. For your consideration for a few moments tonight, Hebrews, the 10th chapter, verse 38 and verse 39. And I will not be lengthy, I don't think, but I do have something to give you before you go home. 
Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. Now the just shall live by faith. Now the just shall live by faith. One translator or one writer said the just shall live by his faith. But this writer says the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. We are not them who draw back. We are not of them who draw back, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a few moments about what pleases God. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. God is an amazing God. Amen. He is an amazing God. He is omnipresent. He is omnipresent. But he is still a very present help in my time of trouble. A personal God. He is omniscient. That means he knows everything. And yet he is still a God of great mercy. What an amazing God. God knows that even though you repent today, you will fail him tomorrow. But that's not going to keep him from giving you mercy today. That's an awesome God. God knows the future. He knows the end from the beginning. Not the beginning from the end. He knows the end from the beginning. In God's economy, it is the evening and the morning were the first day. We start with the morning and go to the evening. But God said, no, that's not how you ought to live. You ought to learn how to live getting ready for the morning because the morning's coming. He's an awesome God. He is a God who is omnipotent, which means he has all power. He can speak a word and worlds come into existence. He can speak the word and healing flow and leprosy be gone and blind eyes were opened and limbs were straightened. The dead were raised to life by the power of his word. I so thank him for that powerful word tonight. And yet, though he is omnipotent, he still is a God of tender love and care. That is amazing. A God who could have all power and yet be sensitive enough to hear not the cry, but the sigh of his people. That's what the writer said, that he heard the sigh of his people. So powerful that he could create a universe and a world that still astonishes the astronomer and the scientist. And yet he is still so tender. 
that he comes to dwell and live in my heart. And he loves me. Oh, how he loves me. I am amazed at the perseverance of God. I am amazed at how God just keeps on going and keeps on coming after my life. I read the story of Jacob, one of the most colorful characters in all of the Bible. If you want to read a story that is amazing, go read Jacob's life. He came into the world a man who was a conniver and uh, a, a, a deceitful person, crafty. And he cheated his brother out of a birthright. He, he connived and he weaseled his way in to getting what was not supposed to be his. And yet the Bible said that God loved Jacob and he hated Esau. What an amazing statement. God would love somebody like that. And if you read the story of Jacob, you see God's undiscouraged perseverance as he continually comes after him because he knew what was in him. I am thankful for that perseverance of God. That even though I fail and I stumble, God doesn't give up on me. That's the only reason some of us are here tonight. Is because God didn't give up on us. Some of you may be saints, but I ain't. And I wasn't. Some of you have been perfect in your life and you've always done right, but there's some of us around here that haven't. And if it had not been for the grace of God, if it had not been for the goodness of the Lord, if it had not been that He loved us so, we would have been gone a long time ago. The undiscouraged perseverance of God. He just stayed after him. One writer wrote, one poet wrote about the hound of hell. And another one said, you know what? That may be true, but there's a hound of heaven that's barking louder than the hound of hell. And that's so true of God. God is after us. And he is seeking us. He is looking for us even tonight to do good. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord run to and fro in all the earth. His desire is to bless and to help and to strengthen and to encourage. His help is here for all of us tonight. I'm thankful for a God whose eyes are searching for ways to help me. And looking for ways to get me to a better place. There are times in life that I get hemmed in. Bad decisions, poor choices, wrong turns. And I find myself in a blind alley. And all but by the grace of God it would have been the end. But God made a way where there was no way. Somehow... God opens the Red Sea and he lets me go through. He makes a door where there was no door. He provides a way. What an amazing God and what a persevering God. When God robed himself in flesh, what is so utterly amazing to me is who he was willing to identify himself with. There were some very questionable and unsavory characters that he became acquainted with. 
The Bible said that he hung out with publicans and sinners. What a crowd. Publicans and sinners. His purity was not defiled by their perverseness. His holiness was not tarnished by their harshness. He was still God, but he was a loving God. And though they were unsavory in their life, he came to save them. They brought the lame to him. They brought the halt, the deaf, the blind, so that he might touch them. Lepers were not afraid to make contact with him. He would not be afraid or unwilling to be identified with even a failure in life like the woman at the well who had been married several times and was now evidently living with another and came to the well one day to find a stranger sitting there. It was Jesus. And you know the rest of the story found in John chapter 4. He was not afraid to identify with a failure like that. He was willing to be connected with a sinner like Simon Peter, a man whose life was tarnished by a bad mouth and a worse temper. And yet God called him and God saved him and God redeemed him. He would not be afraid to come into the country and find himself connected to a wreck of a life only known as the demoniac of the Gadarenes. That's all we know him by. What a tormented life. But when Jesus got through that day, he was cleaned up. He was sitting clothed and in his right mind. What an awesome God. Folks, I don't know why anybody wouldn't want to serve the Lord because that's what he wants to do for everybody. He wants to clothe you. That might be against some people's wishes today, but he wants to clothe you. He wants to put you in the right place, and he wants to give you your right mind. What else could a person want in life but to have that kind of blessing upon them? Amen. He was not afraid to connect to the misfits, the outcast of society. It seemed that there is no one that he would not identify with. There was no one that he would not connect with. And yet my Bible tells me there was one. There was one that he did not want to be identified with. There was one that he refused to be connected to. There was one who he said, I Take no pleasure in. Amen. And that is the person who turns back. Amazing that he would not be afraid to connect to a sinner or a reprobate or a leper or a blind or a halt or a limited lame person. But he said that man who doesn't have the backbone to keep going, I don't want to be identified with that person. I don't want to be connected to the person who doesn't have the, the wherewithal to stand up and say, you know what, live, die, sink, or swim. I am going to serve the Lord, and I am going to hold on to my faith, and I'm going to believe God until the end. I may not know how it's going to work out, 
but I'm going to let God work it out. I may not know what the end will be, but God knows what the end will be. And though your failure will not keep him from you, and though your disappointments will not keep him away from you, and though your, your unsavoriness may not keep him away from you, your maladies will not turn him away. But a person who does not have the will to keep going, God said, I take no pleasure in that person. He said, I don't want to be identified with that man or woman. Those who turn back and quit, those who give up and go away, God will not identify. But if you make the least effort to turn to him, God's going to come immediately to your aid. All it took was for a boy to get up and just start home. He didn't even get all the way home before the father broke from the porch and started running down the road to meet him. That's the kind of God that I'm talking about tonight. If you just make an effort, if you just raise a hand, God said, that's the person I want to help. That's the young lady I'm going to touch. That's the mother I'm going to lift up. That's the family I'm going to bless. Not the one who is perfect in all their ways, but the one that's struggling to make it work. God said, if you'll just reach out to me, I'll help you. But I cannot help him who turns away. Anyone who gives up, those who throw in the towel, God said, I, I, I don't want to be identified with that person. I want to be connected to a man or a woman who will believe in spite of circumstances, who will believe in spite of what they see with their natural eye, who will believe in spite of what they hear with their ears, who will believe in spite of what everybody around them is saying, somebody that will say, you know what, whatever you want to say about it, you can say about it, but I still believe God. I'm thankful that somewhere in a storm there was somebody like the Apostle Paul that could step into the scene of panic and pandemonium where men were about to tear down everything that was good in their life and throw themselves overboard. I'm so thankful that there was an Apostle Paul that stood out in the midst and said, hey, everything's going to be all right. I have heard from God and I believe God. That's what we need in this hour are people who will stand up in the midst of chaotic situations and say, you know what? I believe God can still work it out. I believe God can still make a way. I believe God can still do it. Somebody here tonight, clap your hands. If you believe God is still able to do anything. The difference between the quitter and the believer is simply the believer stays and the quitter leaves. God said, I would rather take an imperfect stayer than a perfect quitter. <laughs> Amen. The difference between the believer and the unbeliever or the person who turns back is that the believer keeps striving and the other gives up. Sometimes living for God is just that. It's striving. Praise God. 
It's like pulling teeth. It's hard work. Sometimes coming to church is not easy. It, it takes everything in you to get all of your stuff together. It takes everything in you just to get here, and then they want you to worship on top of that. They ought to be happy with me just sitting on a pew. Oh, yeah, I'm talking to you tonight. Yeah. Uh, you, ought, you ought to be happy that I even showed up tonight. No, you ought to be happy you showed up because God just has an opportunity now to help you. Because if you had stayed home, if you had quit, if you had turned back, God said, I can't help you over there, but I can help you here. Somebody said, Brother Hughes, I don't believe that. God can help me anywhere. Well, why don't you try? It's like those people that came to the pastor one day, wanted some money. And the preacher said, well, well, do you go to church here? She said, oh, no, no, I don't go to church here. He said, well, do you go to church anywhere? She said, no, I don't go to church anywhere. I, I just, you know, God is, he's in the forest and the trees, and I feel him when I go to the park. And he said, well, why didn't you go to the park to ask them for money? Because people know where to go when they're in trouble. They know where help can really be found when they're up against the wall. And it's not at the park, and it's not at the mall, and it's not at the ball game. It's at the house of God. I'm thankful there's a place for me to come tonight. And I need to show up every opportunity I get. But showing up is a great time. because It's a great thing because God has given, been given an opportunity to do something in your life. The difference between the one who turns back and the one who goes on is that one keeps standing while the other doesn't. Sometimes just to stand is a hard thing to do. But I want to keep standing. We live in a day when standing seems to be out and giving in seems to be in. But I want to stand. Amen. I want to stand for what this word says. I want to stand for the truth that it speaks. In spite of whether it is, it is accepted as the, in the conventional wisdom of the hour, I still believe this word and what it says about life and about my life and about how I ought to live, and that's what I want to stand on. Amen. I'm not looking for an easy way out of this, folks. I'm not looking for a way to cut corners. I, I don't want to cut any corners. I want to give God everything. God's given me everything. He gave everything he could give at Calvary. What else could he do? There's no greater sacrifice than that. Why would I want to give back to him less than my best? What's so hard about me carrying my cross if he could carry his? My cross isn't anything like his. I may only have to bear it for a while, but he had to take it to a place and he had to actually die on it. And he did it for my sins and yours. Amen. Somebody needs to stand. In spite of everything in you that's telling you to cut and run, you need to just stand. Amen. Stand. Don't turn. Because God said, I take no pleasure in those who turn. The question tonight is, who am I? Who am I tonight? Am I one of those who turns back when the pressure gets too great? Or am I one of those who goes on, keeps standing, keeps believing, 
I don't know about you, but I decided a long time ago. I started out, and I'm going to finish this race that I've begun. I, I want to end this thing as a believer. Praise God. I want to end this thing as a man of faith. And I want to hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I'm waiting to hear. Amen. Let's stand together. God's pleasure is in those who stand, those who strive, those who stay. Sometimes it's easier to turn back, but I decided to stay on. If it had not been for that staying power, who knows what history would have been written about our world and about even this nation. For even one of the great pioneers of the early era, Christopher Columbus, when he set sail for this new land, this new place, out in the ocean for days and days and days, no sight of land. History says that there were several occasions when mutiny was at the brink. Finally, it came to a head. They were about to take over and commandeer the boat. There was a branch on the breaker. There was an evidence of land, and the rest was history. What's so amazing about that story is his own diary, and I've told you this before. Christopher Columbus, the most common entry in his diary on a daily basis was not, well, the crew almost killed me today, or the food was bad today, or there was no food today. The last thing that he entered in his journal in the evening at the, at the close of the day, my motto, what I want to live my life by, and today we sail on. And today, we sail on. That's the kind of spirit that discovers. That's the kind of spirit that breaks through. That's the kind of spirit that sees revival. That's the kind of spirit that miracles are born into. Those who say, no matter what the circumstances may be, today, I'm going to sail on. Hallelujah. I'm a believer. That's what I want to go out here as, as a believer. I'm not going out as an embittered person. I'm not going out as a mad at God person. I want to leave here as a believer. Amen. Lift your hands to Him right now and praise Him. Oh, hallelujah.